stay bout it. I'm not pouting. Break through walls and climb it mountains if you want it. Scream it loud. What's up, superstars? Welcome to the Brain Tainment Podcast. Listen, if you're someone who wants to build more confidence within yourself, your ability to perform, to execute, to build skills, or to just feel better, or if you're someone who wants to architect a new empowering identity, this is the platform for you. Listen, we have all kinds of guests on this program from the psychology space, neuroscience, sports, as well as cultural icons and influences where we get to pick apart their story and learn a bit more about them. So be sure to subscribe. I hope you get value from this show. If you do, if you do enjoy it, please, please, please do me a favor. Put it on your socials, share it with friends and families who you think this message could help or they would enjoy and be sure to share the love and tag me on those platforms. We'd love to get some feedback. Without further ado, enjoy this episode. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Braintainment Podcast. Today is an absolute cracker. I'm joined by my friend, Katie Williams, ex-Australian sprinter. She's now a presenter, a Big Brother 2021 housemate, which we'll unpack today, of course. And she is also the host of the Better For It podcast, which admittedly is one of the more enjoyable, entertaining and useful podcasts that I've come across. So we'll unpack that as well. But for now, Katie, you superstar, welcome to the show. Mate, thank you so much for having me. We uh, we chat all the time. We finally locked in a podcast session. I love your podcast and you're killing it. So um, yeah, it's an honor. It's an honor to have a, have a chat on here. Appreciate that, Legend. So, look, lots to get through, but um, you kind of touched on it now. I feel like we always have good chats, man. You always look forward to um, to connecting with you. I like the way that you think. I think um, you seem to have like a real curiosity when it comes to all things, you know, self-improvement, optimizing our body, our mind, and you, sh- you seem to share that journey with your amazing community in a way that's relatable and entertaining, which, you know, I really fuck with. So, um just want to acknowledge that for you and how cool that we get to do it live this time and record it for the beautiful people tuning in because um, we get the pleasure of having those chats off here. So it's really cool to finally get this chance to do our show. You're a champion. You're going to give me a big head. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's start with the, I mentioned Big Brother. Um, I want to unpack that a little bit. Just come from a place of curiosity. I was joking with you the other day. You know, I felt like I was robbed. I applied last year and didn't quite make the cut. Uh, might have a crack this year. We'll see. But yeah. um, for you, is there a particular reason that you wanted to apply in the first place? It's like the ultimate challenge for me. Physically, obviously doing the challenges every three days um, and knowing that the format is much like Survivor. Physically, I thought it would be a challenge for me. And then mentally, emotionally and socially, I knew it would be a challenge because you're put in a house with 26 people and it's a social experiment. And then I also knew that mentally it would be really tough for me being away from my phone, my family, my work, um, and actually only having myself and getting to know myself. So the reason why I did Big Brother was I wanted to get to know kind of like the real Katie outside of work, outside of being an athlete and actually challenge myself in every single way. Cause Big Brother is that it's a social game a mental game, an emotional game, and it's a physical game. So it really is the ultimate challenge. And mm. I love challenges. And I thought, why not throw myself in a house full of strangers and, and fight for $250,000? Like, mm. it, for me, it was just like a no-brainer to give it a go. Like, as you said, I'm, I'm curious and I'll try everything. Um, and 
yeah, I mean, it's, it sort of scared me. So I was like, let's go. How did you find that time to sit and ponder, I guess? Because there's obviously all kinds of challenges and stuff going on, but I imagine there's also plenty of times where you're just kind of sitting there in your thoughts and you kind of touched on it there. There was a big challenge for you that you were you know, almost looking forward to. But, you know, for me, sometimes it's just so easy to grab, you know, your phone, chuck on a TV show, even something more productive, like what listen to a podcast like this or whatever it is, but you don't have that luxury. How did you find that experience when you were just kind of sitting in your thoughts at times? I actually found it really cathartic. Like it was the first few days where I had the uh, microphone pack in my back pocket and I kept thinking it was my phone. So like something would happen and I'd pull out, literally pull out the battery pack to like to story. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm, <laughs> I'm, such, I'm such a social media addict that that's what I'm doing. Um, so good. it took me like a few days to realize that this experience that we're having is only for us and no one else will see it until later. Cause we filmed like October, November, December, 2020. And then it came out on television. Like when did it come out a month ago? So mm. like, it's been, it's been a long time of us not telling anyone about it. So it was cool living in this experience, knowing that this, this is all we're experiencing just us. And then even still that when the edit does come out, there's so much that's missed because one episode is like three days and yeah. one episode is like three days of content day and night. Cause some, sometimes you do challenges during the night as well. So I loved to go back to question. I found it quite cathartic, not having my phone. I loved that this experience was somewhat private, somewhat until it was televised. So it yep. kind of felt like a good five months of just having this huge secret. And then I suppose the other thing that I struggled with was I actually didn't have a lot of time to think. I didn't have a lot of time to be on my own. You're not on your own. So mm. if you're sitting on your own, Big Brother will get like move you and get you in the group because they want you constantly talking, constantly strategizing. They want, you know, they want drama. They want television. So I never really sat on my own ever. And I actually didn't have time to think and ponder because you're always talking, you're always creating connections. You're always trying to understand the house dynamic. So I thought I was going in there to take a break and a holiday from my crazy life before the show. And then I got the rudest shock when I got in there. You just, you don't really have, you do have some downtime, but it's not downtime because you're looking around and people are strategizing or Big Brother has got someone on a secret mission or you're thinking about who you're going to vote out. You're worried that you're going to get voted out. Like it's not like the old format where you just sit and relax and sunbake. Like you're just always on at yep. all times. So like when I left the house, I was exhausted and I'm a goer. Like I don't stop like ever. And I actually, for like two weeks when I came out of the house was like, like brain dead. Like I just had nothing left in me. So I wish that I, I wish that I could have pondered and thought about life. And <laughs> but truly I didn't. I was on the whole time. Yeah. It seems pretty intense. The stuff that we do see on TV. Um, you kind of touched on it there, but I imagine there is heaps as well that gets missed. I feel like there'd be times where, you know, a situation takes place or, you know, you put it on an absolute clinic, maybe hilarious, maybe strategic, but then it maybe doesn't come out on TV. Is that something that you found where there may have, may have been moments or experiences that we don't see as the audience that you thought may potentially would have been like a good opportunity for you to showcase, I guess, your personality and your efforts and um, process in the house? Yeah, totally. There's a lot of bits that were cut out and a lot of moments that were cut out. Like, my friends came to the house um, for a temptation challenge and they cut all of that. Like my, oh, my friends took the day off work 
And um, it was for the Temptation Challenge when Tilly's dog came in the house and we had to like ignore, we had to ignore, um, ignore the temptations around us. And like my friends literally all came to the house. I'm like, why did they cut that? And then they cut um, my letters from home. So I got letters from home from my friend, from my family. And it was very emotional. And, um, you know, I end up hugging Danny, who is my rival in the house. And we have this really beautiful moment where I tell him his kids be proud of him and just all that stuff. But I understand the letters from home for me weren't a part of my story because I was the tough girl Mm. and I am tough, but I'm also extremely emotional. So I think there was a lot of moments I wish were shown, but I understand why they weren't because it wasn't, it would have corrupted. It would have um, conflicted with my character. If yeah. you know, like I, yeah. I, I understand that we're all like, even though I'm myself completely and I was myself 100% on camera, I didn't change anything. Um, but I understand that you're being like cast as a character, not a character, but you have like a role to play in a way. So yeah, all course. the moments I wish they showed of me like dancing and having fun and like being very social in the house and just carrying on, a lot of it was cut. And a lot of it was me being like very fierce and competitive, which I am fierce and competitive, um, but it's only a small bit of my, well, it's probably not a small bit. It's like half of my personality. Yeah. So, um, but I understand that's, te- that's television. I totally get that. You know, I talk about on the show all the time. I have this like weird duality of personalities where I'm like wildly extroverted and super philosophical and curious. And yet at the same time, um, you know, I love going to the pub. I love listening to rap music and can sort of like dance between these personalities. Um, so I totally get that. I feel like your friends would have been filthy that they didn't get airtime. <laughs> yeah, they were. They were like, it was just, yeah, it was, it was bizarre. I mean, they weren't filthy, but they were like so excited and had yeah. they're like, oh, I'm a big brother. Like I go visit my friend. And it was just a shame that they cut it because they were really looking forward to it. And I didn't know they were cutting it either. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, and, and when the episode came up, I was like, oh my God, you girls would be on today. And then they just weren't on. I was, like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was, I was going to ask you, this is just a bit of a weird one. The big brother voice, is that consistent throughout the whole time? Or is, does he ever have like a day off, like a sick day, and then some random person comes on? You're like, what the fuck? Who's this? Oh, we're, we're not allowed to talk about production, unfortunately. Okay. Um, I know. Yeah. I wish I could, I wish I could spill the tea, but um, maybe I'll find out one day if I get a TV <laughs> house. <laughs> yeah, no, we are any, any production talk. We, um, we've signed contracts to, to um, unfortunately I wish I could, but yeah, we're, we're not allowed to say that. No, fair enough. <laughs> Just the finally. voice we hear is the voice you hear on television. Okay, cool. Sweet. Yeah. Last one, just on the big brother pace. And I want to talk about your podcast and some of the other stuff you're working on, but um, highlights from the house. It sounds like you've had, there was some really cool stuff that went down, obviously some challenging stuff too. Was there any particular moments for you that were the most memorable? Um, look, one of the moments which was actually extremely emotional was uh, Jess's grandmother had passed away when we were in the house um, and we all came together and held hands and did like a prayer for her. Um, and that was a very humbling moment and made, it made us feel like we weren't in a game. Um, it really, we dropped all walls and we were there for her. Um, and, you know, that was just a big moment for the whole house to come together. Another one was the letters from home. You know, you miss your family so much. I can't describe it. Like I was in for just under a month, but it feels like four months. Like it's, it, it, one day in the Big Brother house feels literally like four days. Psychologically, they say one day is four days for your mind. Mm. And 
that's because, yeah, you don't have your phone, you don't have technology, you're playing a game, you're not really sleeping. Like it's just a complete mind fuck. I know yeah. a beautiful one, but it is. Um, so yeah, the Letters from Home was a, was a big one. It was beautiful. We had the, um, the uh, airplane come past saying your loved ones are near. And I was dying because I, um, my family's from the Northern Beaches and I, um, the house was in Manly. And at that stage, I was living in the Northern Beaches, not that far away. So I thought for sure my family were coming in the house. So yeah. I was like freaking out. Another big moment was winning, um, winning a challenge. Um, I actually only won one challenge. I came close many times, but that was a big win. Um, and then I put up um, Nick and Mel. Um, and I can't remember who else I put up, but I would have put up Danny, but he um, was sick before that day. So we weren't allowed to put him up. Um, there was so many moments. One moment which was so funny was we all got tethered together. Like all, I think it was 12 housemates at that point. Yeah, 12 of us just before the intruders. We were all tethered together for 24 hours, like literally tethered. There was just, yeah, the 24-hour challenge, <laughs> the pool challenge, like wow. there were so many crazy moments. But like for the first eight days, I was really struggling because I um, hadn't had any caffeine. And I'm a full-blown coffee addict. Like I have like three or four a day. Wow. I was really struggling for like the first eight days. Is there no coffee at all that you can get? Or is that later on? Like, later I think on. I, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. And you have to win it. You don't just get it. You have to win it in a food shop. Wow. <laughs> full-blown rations. Yeah. Did you, did you, obviously, it sounds like the psychological aspect of the game is such a big factor. You're such a um you know i mentioned at the top there uh your history as an athlete and you've said a couple of times like that fierce competitive nature is quite organic for you now did you find that i guess that competitive element and the psychology that would have came from that being a competitive sprinter did that serve you in any way going into the house and then also has that served you in, in other areas of your life have you seen that competitive strong mentally tough uh, element to yourself that you've been able to build as an athlete translate into the house and, and also outside of the house? A hundred percent. I think, um, um, you know, when you grow up being coached and you grow up training and pushing your body, you know, pretty much to its limit often. And then obviously competing under a lot of pressure, you know, with cameras and crowds and, um, you know, at a world world scale uh you learn very quickly um that you that your mind is so much stronger than your body um you learn resilience um you learn discipline you learn routine and you also learn that you are strong and i think because i spent so many years training and competing um being then able to do that in the house it was really easy for me to get in the zone you know like you know, on race day, I would, you know, visualize and, and meditate and I felt really good. I'd warm up my body and I, and I did the same thing in the challenges in the house. So I would, I would literally warm up. I would, I would visualize, I would like prep. I'd, you know, try and visualize myself winning. I would stay really calm. And I always walked into the challenges feeling really good and really calm because of my experience, like you said, being an athlete, um, mm. it's not foreign, you know, competing is not foreign to me. Competing is like, that's where I come alive. Like I love yeah. it. Um, so yeah, definitely that helped. But I also think it's it's actually a huge disadvantage in the game. Like the moment I walked in, people were like, "Oh, this is Katie," and you know she uh, she's a world champion athlete. 
And I'm like, fuck, like, yeah. they, like, <laughs> like they assume- you're just like, I wasn't that good. You guys can just <laughs> relax. Like, just <laughs> yeah. So it is, it's a real disadvantage in, in games like this because obviously people want you out. They know that physically you're a threat and also mentally because you ask, you know, but don't get me wrong. Like I only won one challenge. So it's mm. it, like, I don't like sprinting doesn't correlate to the big brother challenges. Like some of them are skill-based. Some of them are like, yeah. and like there was a lot of amazing people in the house. Like Tilly was so good at the challenges. She was a professional yeah. rock climber, which no one knows. Mel was like a world champion horse rider um, when she was younger. But like Jess is obviously an athlete. Marley's an athlete. There's a lot yeah. of people. And SJ's very strong. Like she's 65, but she, she's really good. So there's a lot of people in there that actually physically were really good at the challenges. So yeah, to be man. honest, like it didn't physically do a lot like a stack for me because like I said, I only won one challenge. But I got like, I think I got second. Yeah, I got second in like three challenges. So I came close. But, um, <laughs> Story of my life. Just always yeah. like, <laughs> always close to the pinnacle, but not quite. <laughs> um, and, and I think as well, like definitely, I think being coached is a really um, amazing skill and being coachable. Like, mm. you know, in, in my career now and everything I'm doing now, and if I do, you know, a presentation in front of a big group of people, I'm, I'm not, or I'm in front of the cameras. I've been in front of the cameras for a long time. I've been in front of a microphone for a long time. Um, I've been media trained when I was younger. So you kind of grow up in the space, you know, doing pretty well under pressure. And then it does correlate to your career because it's not that different. Mm. Like you're still pushing yourself like with work. You're still trying to be disciplined. You're still coachable. Even though I don't have a coach now, I have mentors. So I definitely think that, you know, growing up as an athlete, um, and having, you know, the routines, the rituals, and um, I suppose like learning how to like mentally prepare for things definitely carries over to career and anything. So I, yeah. yeah, I would recommend anyone um, when they're younger, try and get involved in in sport as much as you can. So would you say that that mentality is teachable in terms of for someone that may be tuning in, maybe they're a fan of you, maybe they're a fan of me, unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's say they're tuning in and potentially or at least at this moment in time anyway they may just feel like their identity could be such that they're quite fragile and that they crumble under pressure whether that's work or fitness health you know starting a business starting some sort of project that's important to them you know a lot of the people that i connect with uh are, are often drawn to you know the work that i do and, and the people that come on the show because they're seeking that like that confidence that they're lacking so from your experience, do you think that, I guess, that mentality to become disciplined, to become coachable, to, to learn these things, um, yeah, can, can it be taught? I think it can be taught. I think there's certain personalities that um, perhaps gravitate more to that kind of lifestyle, like that A-type personality, someone who's, um, you know, ambitious and driven. I think that there is a certain element that is a personality type, but it is very teachable and learnable. So um, I think it comes down to one, do you want it? And are you passionate? Mm. Because a lot of the time people will go, oh, I don't, I don't feel motivated to do this. I don't want to do, th- I don't want to do this. Um, I don't have the drive to do this. And they're kind of just heading in the wrong direction. Yep. So you are in the right direction and you are feeling motivated and um, perhaps you're, not there with your discipline or um you haven't learned you know the resilience yet 
it will come. I think it's just like, it just takes time. It just takes practice. Like I, no one is, no one is really born an athlete, right? But you are sort of born with this kind of personality trait to, you know, when you get knocked back, when you get knocked down, you get back up. People that have grit, people that um, are a little bit fearless. So I definitely think that there is a lot that's teachable, like for the athlete mind. Yeah. But you need to surround yourself with people that are like that. So like get some mentors, surround yourself with like a tribe that are very driven, that have the personality traits that you're, you know, that you're wanting to go after. Um, The same values, the same morals, that kind of stuff. And then I also think that, you know, with anything, it's obviously your habits, but it's also how you identify. So it's your identity first. So it's like, you know, you can be doing these habits and it's an amazing, you might get up, meditate, um, journal, that kind of stuff. And eventually you will start identifying yourself as, you know, um, an entrepreneur or an athlete or, and, and you have to actually believe it. So it's not just like you wake up and start going to the gym, you know, and, and think you're going to change in a few weeks. But if you're writing in your journal, um, I train every day, I meditate every day. And then you start actually living the life that you see for yourself. Sooner or later, you will start becoming that person. So I don't know. Like, I do think that like grit and resilience um, can be taught for sure. Um, so I think it's half and half. Like, I think yeah. it's like, you've got to have that like bit of mongrel in you and like <laughs> a bit fearless, but then there is a lot of teachable uh, qualities. It does, it does just take time because it, it actually has to change your identity and you have to identify as that, but definitely like the athlete mind is much like a corporate mind. It's just someone who's like an A-type personality who's, willing to learn, you know, who's got a growth mindset, who's not afraid to fail. I mean, we're all afraid to fail, but um, who's just willing to get back up and keep going. So yeah. def- definitely teachable, um, definitely teachable, I think. Yeah. You're touching on some stuff there that Katie Williams is my fucking language. Like I could just riff on that for hours, that identity piece, you know, really is the great governor of behavior, of mood, um, you know, obviously a lot of the science will support that, but it's just been my experience as well. So I think the key there is these things, they are teachable. And there's, even if it's not entirely the only part of the recipe to success, to get what you want, but there's obviously a level of, um, you know, nature in addition to the nurture, I suppose. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. But I think the key is the parts that are, that are learnable will keep you busy enough until the day you die anyway. It's not like you're going to clock that and then you're done. So it's that's empowering enough just to go all in and explore the parts that are malleable. But then keep in mind, your job, your goal is not to be the next Katie. It's not to be the next Liam or the next whoever. It's whoever you are and the best version of you. You hear that all the time. It can sound a little bit trite at times, but it's like, no, buy into that. And then really lean into the stuff that is malleable. I think that's where the juice lies. And, you know, I know, um, you know, you, sh- you share some amazing stuff in your socials and your podcast, of course, really looks at different ways to think, move and, and feel differently, which is a big part of what we're talking about here, right? Is like the stuff that you can shift, focus on that and, and go all in and enjoy the process is kind of what I get from you and what I try and fall back on. So, <clears throat> To, to kind of bring it all back to the work you're doing now, um, that that mentality that we've spoken about, has that also been a big reason for the Better For It platform and everything you're creating now? So 
if I'm not mistaken, a lot of what you do there is helping people. You have different guests come on, is helping people think better, move better, and feel better. And there's a whole host of different ways to do that. Um, but is a, a big motivator behind that to help people, I guess, lean into the parts that they can maybe uh, experiment with. You've nailed it. You've absolutely nailed it. I'm going to have to bring you on to the PR team. Well, um, I'm, just send me an email. I'll, I'll, I've, got a lot, I've got a lot going on, you know. We'll see, see if we can make it work. you want. <laughs> we'll talk numbers off air. Um, now, you literally nailed it. That's exactly right. Um, our tagline for the podcast, the podcast is called Better For It, and our tagline is Think, Move and Feel Better. And the podcast is teaching people to live better um, and change their lifestyle choices and habits. That's literally what it is. Um, I've done 24 challenges and all the challenges are like wellness, health, fitness, and lifestyle challenges. So I'll do Vedic um, meditation with Genoa. Um, That was 40 minutes a day. And then I did Wim Hof breath work with Tommy Kerr. Um, I did a vegan challenge. I've done intuitive eating. I've done a self-criticism challenge, perfectionism challenge. I've done different psych challenges, um, zoo fitness um yeah i've done a stack of challenges and the thing is at the end of it i report back and tell the audience was i better for it but i'm not just measuring you know the way i look or the way i feel i'm looking at um my social health mental health and physical health and then i'm critically analyzing my whole health holistically to then say if i was better for it so i quit coffee on one of them and i wasn't better for it i quit alcohol on one of them and i wasn't better for it um, quitting alcohol for two weeks is not a big deal, but I felt socially like left out. Couldn't have a wine with dinner, wanted to have a margarita when I was out having Mexican with the girls. So I'm looking at it, not just from a perspective of obviously physical health, I'm looking at it from, from all aspects. And the reason why the podcast was born was because I, when I retired, I was, um, I retired actually kind of in a sad way. I missed, um, uh, world titles in Holland, the biggest race of my life, which was, was my retiring race. And I was so fit, but so unhealthy. I was so obsessed with winning. I was so obsessed with getting my body in the best physical shape I could possibly get it in that I was neglecting my immune, my immune system. I was neglecting my mental health. I was just pushing my body to the limits. And I literally ended up in hospital watching, watching the race actually at home at the time um, from my couch with a nebulizer on because I had bronchiolitis. And I would just was training through chest infections, sinus infections. I was just a, like like a rebel. Like I just was pushing my body constantly um, and wasn't looking after myself like I should have been. And I, I thought I was looking after myself because I thought more training, more training, more training, eat cleaner, eat cleaner. Like I was just, I was just on one. Um, so the podcast was born because I realized that there's more to health than just fitness. Um, and it ha- I had to reach absolute rock bottom to realize something's got to give. And, and it was literally missing the biggest race of my life. I trained two years for it and it was devastating. And I, and I completely had like an identity shift. I had, um, you know, realization that more people need to understand. So many people were looking up to me and, and asking me questions about my body and, and my training. And I thought, nah, people need to know what's going on. People need to know more about health and be more holistic about it because I was struggling with it. And that's kind of where the podcast was born. And then I was also doing workshops as well for young, for young girls. So mm. it all kind of came from that. And that's, yeah, that's how the podcast was born. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let me tell you what I fucking love about what you just shared and kind of the premise of the podcast. <clears throat> and um, 
you, you alluded to it there, and I know you've spoken about it on air too. There's some stuff that, and, and on your socials, of course, too, there's some stuff that you probably really benefit from, some stuff that maybe you don't consistently execute against, but it was fun to experiment with. And that's what I hear from that is <clears throat> you're approaching with curiosity, but at the end of the day, you decide what makes sense for you in your world. And the challenge I see for a lot of people, particularly as they kind of dip their toe into improving themselves, whether that's mentally or physically, is they subscribe to every fucking idea on the internet that they come across. And there's like an abundance of information that we all have access to, which is great. But then the byproduct of that is very often overwhelmed. And it's like, well, fuck, I should get up at 5am, but I want to rest until 9am. And like, what do I do? And there's so many conflicting pieces of information. I feel like, and I talk about this all the time, is really encouraging people to get good at building their own filter. So be curious, experiment, trial stuff, particularly if you're a bit, if something's not working, then make a change, but you might not get it right straight away. Start experimenting, be curious, be open-minded and then, and be holistic. And then ultimately you'll build this filter of what works for you physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. And I feel like you're leading by example in that space which is really, really cool. There's a lot of people that put out content, a lot of people um, that, uh, you know, have an audience and, and a community. And I feel like I just want to give you a pat on the back for the work that you're doing there because that's what I get from you and something I like to advocate too. Be curious, experiment, trial things, and then you fucking decide. This is a real identity piece too, right? There's something empowering about this. You decide who you want to be and how you're going to live into that. And so um, that's what I get from the podcast and, and pretty much everything else that you do. Just to wrap things up, Katie, because I want to respect your time. Has there been maybe one or two of those experiences that have maybe surprised you for the better that you continue in your life today? You just um, froze there just for a second. Did you say um, a challenge that surprised me for the better? Yeah. So of those 24 challenges, has there been one or two that have really stood out to you in terms of, uh, wow, that was really powerful, really useful for me? Definitely two that probably blew my mind. Uh, one was the Wim Hof breathwork challenge. I had a... Um, experience with the breath work that I thought how the hell did this happen naturally um I relived literally relived a moment um that happened to me when I was 16 my friend passing away and I was so back in my subconscious and buried deep you know I don't often think about it and it fully came up in the breath work like I was there in that moment at that time and I saw it from a different a different set of eyes and I had a different perspective on it and it was lighter and it kind of released in a way. Um, so I actually saw his body and it was a really um, quite, a, it was a very dark period for me and I was only 16 and I haven't relived that. I, I think about it, but I haven't relived it in a way where it is come out and being released. So that happened to me during the, dur during the Wim Hof breathwork um, challenge on my yeah. own. Um, but the challenge I was doing was 10 minutes a day or something like that. But I, I was like 45 minutes into this. I just kept going with the breath work. And obviously, I don't know. I don't actually know what I was doing. I was just really going with it. And um, it was obviously like, you know, trauma release breath work or it had led me to that point. 
Um, and if you haven't experienced breath work, it's really hard to explain and people probably think I'm a weirdo, but I definitely experienced that and relived that memory and cleared it, which was really beautiful. I'm sure wow. it's there. It needs re, you know, I'm sure it needs to come out again. Um, it's definitely still in there. Um, but reliving that was just really impactful. So the wow. women's challenge was, was epic. And then the other one, which I was so resistant to do, and I actually ended up loving, was the uh, social media detox. So I got off, I got offline, um, and I am a social media addict. Like I, I am on my phone a lot. Like I know I'm always on there communicating, always on there chatting with friends, sending audio notes, I'm posting a lot. I love social media, um, so I really didn't want to do that challenge. But I, I felt so good. I felt so creative. I felt so much happier being offline, which really surprised me. So it's, it's often the ones that I don't want to do mm. that, you know, that give me yield the biggest results. Interesting. Yeah, a, that, that says a lot in that, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm. Well, Katie, uh, well, speaking off air, just to kind of wrap things up about some of the stuff you've got coming up, I don't know what you can and can't share, um, yeah. but you, I'll leave, I'll give that license to you to maybe leave us with what you've got in the works and maybe any kind of final ideas that you found, um, you know, really useful for you over your podcast career, your, your sprinting career, and of course your time on Big Brother. To start with, um, what does life look like for you in the next six to 12 months? What can you share with us? Um, I'm really interested in keeping um, better for it, growing and evolving um so we're, at the moment i'm working on a program i want to do a hit program and a running program um, i'm actually doing my nlp course in october and i'm also doing my reiki course in a week which is super cool so i'm very like much like you very interested in self-development um and kind of like that mindset space but i'm more interested in in learning about it um deeper yeah and at this stage um there's no shows coming up because I have just done one and we're not allowed to. Um, I would like to do another show, um, but it would have to be it have to be a show that is, you know, a physical show and more to do with fitness or business. Um, and what else is going on? Um, same thing at the moment with working with brands. I definitely want to do uh, some workshops and retreats. Uh, but at the moment, yeah, I'm focusing on the podcast. I want to produce a lot more content. Um, and I really want to punch out this program. So um, we've got like the, the structure of it all happening now. But yeah, back to study and um, trying to build up better for it and turn it into more than just a podcast. You know, I want it to be workshops, awesome. retreats, a book, like to merch. Like I'm pretty keen to go all in with it. I love that. I've got some um, whispers of ideas in the back of my mind around some retreat stuff that I want to I want to explore. So we might be able to link up and make we some magic. collaborating. Yeah, I love it. Watch this motherfucking <laughs> space. Um, all right, I'll leave it there, Katie. Thank you so much. Um, I'll put it. I'll put your details in the show notes. People can connect with you if they don't already on social and reach out. I'm sure um, you'd be happy to respond if they have any queries or questions based on this chat. But you're an absolute legend. It was so good to have the time to to put this together and do it. Hopefully, people got some value, had a couple of laughs. Um, and until next time. Liam, you're a champion. Love chatting with you, brother. We could have done this for a few hours. I wish I had more time. <laughs> next time, let's get a bottle of red. Yeah. Let's just let's just see where the ideas go. That's where the that's where some real juice will come out, I reckon. Come to Sydney. We'll go out. I'll take the <laughs> down. We'll chat. We'll chat these retreat ideas. We'll chat about a collaboration. I'm here for it. I like it. This is good. This is good. <laughs>
And that wraps up another episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate the support you guys are showing to this platform. If you got some value from this episode, if you enjoyed it, please do share it on your socials with friends and family. Really helps grow the channel uh, and the mission and everything we're trying to do here with Braintainment. So spread the love. I would be forever grateful. And of course, if you got some real insights from this episode, hit me up, find me on social, shoot me a message. I'd love to engage and have a chat with you guys. So that's it for now. Until the next episode, thanks again.